everybody. This is episode eight of All About the Birds. Johnny Lecca with Phil Stifle and Jeff Warner. And we have a guest, uh, Philadelphia Eagles cornerback Craig James is with us. Uh, Jeff, it wasn't on last time. Uh, so how's your basement? Is it, uh, is it nice and water-free? Yeah, it's water-free. Got the problem fixed, so all up and running up once again. Did you fix it or did your wife fix it? I know she was she was posting about all the different things and it seemed like she was pretty educated, unlike you. Hey, 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 don't knock me. She was handling the dirty work. I was handling the kid. We were both working at the same time. Okay, so. okay. Let's get on with the interview. Enough about my basement. All right. This is a Yellow Jacket Media production. Um, so what we're going to do is um, – so I'm going to start off here with a, a question here. Craig, how – was the all how has the offseason been different since this whole COVID situation not being able to be at the facilities training all that kind of stuff how has it affected you guys uh, I don't know it's it's kind of love but at the same time it's just it's weird um, you know usually I don't get this much time for myself to stay at home uh, usually I'm with teammates my roommate uh, but and it, it's just weird. We do a lot of meetings online. We can't can't practice, so everything's just virtual, just straight meetings. But uh, you know, we making the most out of it, and we're doing the best we can to be prepared for this uh, upcoming season. Um, what was it like? Coming from Philly, because I know you spent um, your first season in Minnesota with the Vikings. Um, right. And what was it like from going from Minnesota then coming into a situation like Philadelphia last year? For me, it was kind of a complete 180. Different. Totally different. When I landed in Philly, everybody was... Oh, how I put this? It was just, it was just different. I mean, I just had a different feel. You know, I did work out, and when I finally got around the team, kind of, it kind of felt like a glove. You know, it was perfect. Everybody, you know, everybody was friendly. Everybody through the hall. No matter, no matter who you were, or no matter if uh, people that were working behind desk were walking through the hall, you know, they saying hi to you and everything, players, coaches, all that. It just it just felt uh felt like a glove. Everything just felt felt perfectly. Yeah, I mean you, you I mean you played last year with us, you know, you, but uh Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, he's been around for a couple of years and he's got a very uh mixed amount of emotion or feelings uh, from the fans in the city and all. So I mean A I'm sorry? You either love him or hate him as a fan in the city. So my question is, so tell me about, like, what kind of relationship you have with him, like, or what kind of a coach he is and all. I mean, whether he's done well or not, I mean, the last couple of years, the Eagles secondary has been ravaged by injuries, and he's still held it together pretty well. So it says something about him as a coach and all. But, uh, yeah, what do you have to say about him? And coach, Sports, coach Sports, man, he's just very passionate about what he does. You know, he's not going to sugarcoat nothing. He's going to tell you how it is. And he is very passionate. And if you're not passionate about it, hey, man, you better get out the room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he, 
he takes it very seriously and doesn't play around with it. A great coach knows what he's doing, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's what I got to say about Chris Schwartz. Yeah, he's definitely taken some flack a couple times in this city and all, but, you know, you either love him or you hate him, like Jeff, like Jeff said. But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of injuries. So, you know, he's done actually considering, especially in the secondary the last couple of years, you know. Right, right. And I mean, you, you can't you, – you, you can't go by that. You know, that's just, the, that's just the game. That's just how the game goes. You never know what's going to happen. You never know – you know, people don't expect to get hurt. You right. Know? Oh, no doubt. Right, like you play every you play every every play every game, you know, like it's your last, and you know it just happens, and you just got to roll with it. Hey, Craig, uh, thanks for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, just want to turn the things to uh, the secondary a little bit. Uh, obviously, last year was your first year at the team. Uh, I'm sure you worked closely with Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, working with secondary in practice and all that type of stuff. Uh, he is no longer at the team. Uh, huge shock to a lot of Eagles fans. You're losing your defensive leader uh, on the field, off the field. Guy that's played almost 100% of the snaps last couple seasons. No longer at the team. They do add Darius Slay. Uh, just wondering how much pressure does it put on you guys as a whole, as a secondary, uh, the Phil Malcolm Jenkins is void uh, as a leader in off the locker room and performing on the field. Well, ain't no pressure. I mean, obviously, Malcolm was a big part of the defense. But, you know, we have to move move along. You know, we can't just hang, hang our heads over that like, dang, like we lost Malcolm and all that. We just got to move on step by step, you know. Um, you know, as players, as players, you, you play the game and not – one player can make a you know an impact, but it's a team sport. So as long as long as the defense is together on on the same page, I feel we should be good. And who's, who's that guy that steps up in Malcolm's place to be the vocal leader of that defense? Well, you know everybody everybody's obviously turning you know, to Rodney McLeod. You know he was the you know the next like I guess. Like, uh, and you know he was he was right there behind Malcolm, so so most definitely my boy Rod. Yeah. And and the biggest thing that I saw because I saw um, Malcolm, I think I think Malcolm McLeod and there there was someone there they were working out. I think it was Slay. I'm not sure if it was Slay, but they were no Parks. Malcolm McLeod and Parks were working out. And the the thing that I saw and I I read which made a lot of sense is Malcolm was a leader, but the thing is leaders don't create followers they create other no. leaders right so yeah, leader, like as, as a leader you your goal is to your goal is like you say create other leaders your goal is to lead somebody so they can lead somebody else yeah and the one thing you touched on before about having to be ready you you know you're you know you have injuries and having to be ready you have to always know that hey this could be my this could be my play all right so Week four last year at Green Bay. I know you know where I'm going with this. So I know exactly um, where you go. This. Now I, I'll put you. So I'm I'm sitting there watching the game, all these injuries, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I then I hear, oh, Craig James is coming in, and I'm like, okay. I wasn't fully sure who that who who Craig James was, but I'm like, I kind of knew a little bit because I knew they signed him. I knew they got him. Like okay, you know. And then 
you know, injuries force you in the game. And I think it was your first game as an Eagle, if I'm not mistaken. Um, nah, I played. I played in that. I played in Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. So, got into the game, and then of course Aaron Rodgers targeted you right away. That that next play, you you tip it up, and Bradham picks it off, and the game is sealed. So it's almost like you're welcoming. It's like, oh, look at that. He made a look at the play he made right away. And then of course, I I have a couple of Green Bay fans right right then. You know you you know what they're complaining about. Oh, pass interference. Yeah, pass interference. Um, tipped it up, intercepted, sealed it, and it kind of, you know, it gave you, okay, you know, maybe we found somebody, you know, because last year, the year before that, they found uh, LeBlanc, they picked him up, and he wound up playing meaningful snaps and played really well, so um, walk, walk me through that situation when you have to go into the game and with all these injuries. Well, let me take you, let me take you back first to Atlanta. <laughs> Like, I always knew, like, I was, you know, next up, you know. So, Atlanta, what was that, like, week two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach, coach telling me, like, hey, Craig, get ready. Like, you can go at any time. Like, get ready, get ready, get ready. Stand right, right next to me. And, you know, at, like, I'm there. Like, I'm standing right next to Coach, you know, keep my, also keeping my ears out for special teams and all that. Uh, and... You know, I went into the game to Atlanta. Got in on the tackle and took me right right out after that. I mean, whatever. But and then, like you know, it comes again. You know, he's like, "Craig, get ready, get ready, get ready." You know, you got some injuries with Green Bay, and uh, he's been, he was telling me that for the whole for the whole game. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm prepared the whole game to go in. I'm expecting to go in, you know, if somebody goes down or somebody needs a breather. I just wasn't expecting it to to be yeah, near the very last play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was expecting at least to go go in at least second half or something. And as a player, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to, as a player, you know, you kind of want get, to get your feet wet and get a rhythm. Yeah. And for it to be the one of the one of the last plays of the game, you know, you just gotta mentally check yourself and like, hey, you got you gotta be on your shit. You gotta this, hey, this is it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was a, it was a, obviously a lot of pressure going into that moment, and hey, when when it just happened, it just when the play just happened, I just reacted. Honestly, it was it happened real fast. So it was all reaction, man. I like when I when the ball went up in the air. I had no idea where the ball was. I knew I, I knew I deflected it, but I had no idea where the ball was. Uh, and I'm looking around and Nas Nas had it, and I was just man, ecstatic. Is it tough to prepare to be ready to go in at any moment? But you're also preparing. And a regular in that special teams, you know, lineup. You know, is it tough to prepare and be ready for special teams? But knowing, you know, drop of a dime, your 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 role just changed instantly. Is there anything you have to do to mentally prepare yourself, or or keep both things, you know, separate in your head? Uh, no, not really. It's just because during the game, like. You're standing you're, you're stand about it. I'm standing by the coach the whole time. I'm standing by the DB coach the whole time. And then also, I just got to, you know, I have an ear out for special team coach. 
got a special team. But also, you know, you got not only the special team coach, but you got assistant coaches, you got strength coaches helping them out, like spreading the word. So it's not hard to miss, you know, when it's your time to come up and everything. So got to be ready when that time's yeah. called, right? <laughs> For sure. Uh, like I brought before, uh, say the Eagles brought in Darius Slay uh, to the secondary. Uh, basically, my question is, uh, what type of what does that? I'm trying to. How is Slay's uh, acquisition? How do you think that's going to impact, uh, like learning from him, a guy, a veteran, an All Pro in this league? How he can groom you and guide you and try to help uh, help you in your uh, with the defense in your career? Uh, I think he can help a lot. I mean, as y'all know, as everybody else know, he, he's a dog. <laughs> you know, he's a dog. He's a playmaker. So just watching him and, you know, obviously uh, when we get that opportunity to be in the film room together and to be at the uh, facility, uh, me personally, personally, uh, I like to ask a lot of questions. So I'll, his brain a little bit. I'll, I'll, I will most definitely ask him, you know, know what he sees out there how he feels you know what does he see and how does he feel compared to what i see you know everybody sees and feels something different or reacts different to certain things so and not and you know he's been in the game for a long time so he has more knowledge than i have so i'm just ready to soak up all the knowledge so one thing and i know i, I talked to you um about this so I recently put out a on our last show. I recently put out a 53-man roster. Now Phil likes to uh, <laughs> give, uh, give it to me because I I miscounted and made it 52 for some reason. So I, I added and everything. Did you leave our Did you leave our guy off? Did you leave him off your original? <laughs> I did. Nah, he's, he had him on. He, okay, he, he okay. was on. Um, and they they give me they give me crap because oh if you if you don't put if you don't put him on he's not coming on the show and <laughs> and and I and I've heard it from other people is a lot of people for when they bring up your name they bring up your special teams value is very very high because of what you can do in that role and how valuable that role is on teams and a lot of people don't think about that and right. and they think oh anybody can play special teams you just run down and tackle the guy and it's not it's not that simple what kind of traits in terms of being a special teams player do you have to prepare for man special teams see special teams is it's still a part of the game but it's different you know growing up you know high school ball kids don't want to play special teams they want to play offense defense like most kids want to they want to play receiver running back most kids want to play off. Most kids want the ball in their hands, you know. They don't want to see special teams. They think special teams is, is you know, a waste of their time. But for me, that's how I get paid. Um, coming coming into the league, I knew for a fact special teams was going to be the way I get paid because I wasn't, I wasn't a high corner off the board. I wasn't, you know, a big name everybody knew about. You know, I was just a small kid from – from Southern Illinois, you know, that had a tryout with the Vikings, <laughs> you know, and asking around, talking to people, and even, and even like, even through college, like, listening to people, like, this, like, special teams is where people make money. Like, some people just play special teams and been in the league for years. Yeah. So, I knew for a fact 
I had to go out there and play my ass off on special teams. And every time I go out there, I want to get them. Yo, I gotta make a play. Like <laughs> I know, I know, a couple, I know a couple fans. Uh, but that that last game, uh, do we make and I hit him. I know a couple fans mad about that. Like, 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 honestly, like, when I, when I lined, like, when I lined up for that play, when I lined up for that play, I'm like, man, I'm about to make this tackle. Like, that was all up in my head. A, a fair catch, I like, bit my shoulder, trying to avoid the pop. But, yeah. like, that was my mindset. I got to make this play. And we have this thing called jump yard dogs, you know. So, we, like, we, we grade, you know, your special teams play, you know. And we take pride in that. So... So my my goal is to be that junkyard dog every time. So you you mentioned about it. You know, the special teams is different now compared to what it was three, five, seven years ago. They keep changing rules and all. You know, today I don't know if you saw today they're talking again about voting to change the onside kick and all. Do you think that they're a are you for them getting rid of the onside kick? I mean, it's one less potential you know player out there on special teams, and you know, you know. How do you, how do you feel about that rule change if it goes through? Yeah, I, I, I didn't see. I, I haven't seen that. They're talking but, about making it. I think like fourth and twenty or something like that, and giving the fourth option and 15, fourth, fourth and fifteen from the twenty-five, and that's your chance for the onside That's going to be like your onside kick opportunity. Yeah, if you get the first down, then you keep the drive going. If you don't, then the other team gets the ball. Basically, the XFL rule. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I mean, I, I thought like speaking of extra, but, like I thought it was interesting, honestly. Yeah. Uh, like that, like that rule would be interesting and fun. To, like it was, it was fun to watch. The Eagles but, are the one that proposed it, I think. Yeah, the Eagles are yeah. the one that proposed it. It's going to vote supposedly this week or next or something like that. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it looks like literally like four or five hours ago. Those that news I saw online. So, <laughs> but I mean, it's just onside onside kick is just part of the game. I really, yeah, I so really, like it's so like. It's so much exciting stuff that didn't happen with onside kicks. Like, like you think somebody would just grab an onside kick easily, but like the way these kickers put spin on it and all that, like it just makes it difficult and just makes it like exciting to watch. Like, oh, like he's gonna get it or not? Yeah, I'm an old school guy. I always I hate when sports change like the rules that have been around for ages and all. I understand safety and stuff like that that they're trying to take into account, but yeah, the onside kick it's it's exciting. It doesn't have a high success rate, but you know it's changing the rules again. <laughs> Which, right, I think what they're trying to change. They're trying to give yeah. teams a little more chance. Yeah. But I did. I mean, speaking of onside kicks, I seen something like on Twitter like this high school team they onside kick every time and like they record like they recover it like. I don't know, maybe like 80% of the time. Wow. And they beat teams like, they beat teams like. You got that game film. And then, <laughs> and then, and then they go for, for every fourth down, like fourth and 30, fourth and 20. Like, and they like, the coach is really just talking about like how it, that, like, converting a fourth and 20 can like discourage the other team, you know? Mm. So, I mean. <laughs> Stop hey, them. I mean, That's. Yeah, like, hey, they changed the rule, man. I got to play the game regardless. <laughs> right. Um, as a, we, we appreciate you coming on, Craig. Um, I know you, a little backstory is um, I've, I contacted Craig um, about my daughter's condition. Uh, she has a rare, rare condition and uh, called xerodermal pigmentosum. And he 
um, supported everything. I sent him bracelets and everything, and he's uh, supported her uh, through her journey and everything. Um, and you know, followed her story and all that. And it's something that I really appreciate. Um, especially the, the funny thing is, it's in time like this, she walks yeah. around and it's kind of like if she's outside, like if we're on a, like a, a family walk or anything, and she's wearing yeah. her shield. People don't think anything of it now because yeah. everyone's oh. wearing masks and stuff. So it's you know for her it's I never something. Never actually thought of that. Yeah, it's it's for her something she's, you know, she's used to it. And other people did, you know, some people just think, oh, just don't even think of it. Oh, they're just protecting her by putting something over her, her face. But this is one thing I wanted to, you know, say that you know we're thankful that you do support and we appreciate no it. And um, if you want to follow Craig um, on Twitter and Instagram, it, it's. Um, I think on Twitter it's at one of God's soldiers. As yep. is it is it the same on Instagram as well, or is it? No, Instagram is kid underscore James one. Kid underscore James one. All right, and yeah. I said we hope to talk to you in the future, and hopefully a healthy healthy season. Finally, hopefully you get some training camp in and get uh, some OTAs and get some <laughs> get some work. Yeah, no doubt, no and, doubt. Uh, hey, everybody want that ring, man. I sure. I, I ain't. I think I was close to getting a ring maybe a few times, like just just like young stuff, like little league or like high high school, but just like just like close. never never got it, you know never got to taste it. So I'm most definitely hungry for a Super Bowl, man. Yeah, and that would be only well, rooting for you, man. Exactly, yeah, we, we are will be. obviously you know Eagles. I mean, you as a you as a you as a player, your career. So no matter whether you're with the Eagles or not, we'll be pulling for you. Absolutely. Thanks. I Thanks, Craig. Thank no you very problem, much. Man. No problem. Y'all have a good one, all right? You, you too. too. You too. And we're going to pause for a moment uh, from a word from our sponsors. All right, so we're back. We're going to touch on Doug Peterson's press conference he had uh, through Zoom. He had a Zoom press conference um, and stated a couple different things that I want to touch on. The first thing, we stated that Andre Dillard is going to be the starting left tackle. So does that mean Peters is going to return only as a backup? If he returns at all, what are they going to do with that position? Um, I know you've had strong words on it, Phil, about how you're not sure. But for me, I think it's their, their confidence is in Dillard. But, you know, how long of a leash is he going to have? They're going to need to bring in a veteran. We know that. Yeah, they, they definitely need to bring in a veteran because there is no depth on the tackle position. Um you know, it's showing confidence in Dillard by naming him, naming him now as the official starter, you know, per se, which that could change at any moment. You know, they sign somebody or make a trade that could change. But why didn't they make that, uh, you know, vote of confidence sooner this offseason? Probably because they were trying to find somebody else, so they didn't want to, you know, have to backtrack on it. So while it shows that confidence, it also, you know, shows maybe not as much as people think. Again, you have to give him confidence. you got to give him a shot. You know, you gave up a lot of draft capital. You know, you drafted him. You moved up to get him last year. You got to give him that shot to start and all. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that they uh, have such little depth behind him to to push him. But the thing is, the the thing is with him, you know, Peters doesn't like doing OTA training camps, you know, doesn't that, you know, limit as much as possible. And Doug has done that. And, you know, with Peters, is he just sitting out there? And, you know, he has his options and he's just going to wait because he doesn't want to really go through a training camp, you know, whenever that is, what kind of training camp they do have. But that's also something he's 38 years old. So, 
giving him his body a rest and just letting him go. And then if Dillard say, say he's still unsigned and Dillard goes into a preseason game and looks bad or in training camp gets hurt or something happens where then they can be fall back on getting Peters. Now, I still think even if you were to fall back and get Peters, you still need to sign a veteran because you need a veteran swing tackle. Maylotta, you can't really rely on. Yeah, he may, he has the tools possibly to be a, offensive tackle but the thing is he's unproven you need somebody who's been there before and and we've touched on it on previous shows a couple guys that uh, could you know give him that and that's one thing that I'm harping on is get a veteran in here I know they still have time um you know, yeah, you still- might need that veteran backup and also Peters if if Dillard shows you know whatever like you said touching yeah. on that he doesn't need a full camp if he's going to re-sign here he could stay home till yeah. you know two three weeks before the season starts and be in ready ready to go And I'll say what I'll say. What, what you expect Peterson to say? I was. I understand he uh, he comes out. He says we have a ton of confidence in Dillard, but I don't know. I just don't buy into a lot of these press conferences. When especially right now, there's nothing going on. There's no OTAs. It's just virtual uh, meetings at the moment. It's not like he's seen Dillard uh, practice or do, done anything since the end of last season. So. If, come out and say, oh, Dillard's not going to be our guy, or I don't have the confidence in him, or we need to bring in something, someone else, because if they don't do any of that, or it's going to go to the of Dillard. So, I, I think they're going to bring someone in, uh, whether it's Peters or someone else. Like we brought up, I would say Peters is probably the most logical choice, uh, due to the fact that he's played in the system, he knows the offense, he, he doesn't, you don't have to bring in some guy to learn the whole system all over again. So, I don't know, that was Right now, I just feel like there's all these press conferences, anything coming out of it, it's yeah. it, it's filler. It, it, he's basically giving the company line. Peterson, you have to remember, he worked under Andy Reid for numerous years here in Philadelphia and in uh, and in Kansas City. So he knows how to work the media and how the how to give a quote. Uh, so it sounds like uh, Roy doesn't give much information. Yeah, yeah says, gives, says a lot, but says nothing. He gives you more than exactly. Andy, Andy gave you. Yeah. But, no, I understand oh, what you're saying. I would, lo- I would love Doug to just say "times yours" once at the beginning of a press conference, or, just one time, or give a good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doug also said about Nate Sudfeld, the number two quarterback, and you know, does that mean they're not going to really look for a veteran? I know Josh McCown's out there, but he ain't going to be healthy until June. He had, you know, ha- major hamstring injury, and do they want to go that route or go with Sudfeld? My, the thing is, Jalen Hurts, your number three quarterback. He, he better be active on game day. You can't draft a guy in the second round and make them inactive and not use him at all. I'm not saying use him as a quarterback, but, you know, if you want to use him like a slash type of role to get some plays and get some, you know, difference of the offense and different variety of the offense and, you know, to mess up the defense a little bit, you know, little wrinkles in there. And my feeling is, yes, Sudfeld, he would have been, this, he would have been number two last year if he didn't get hurt. So... Does he deserve that chance to compete for that number two or get that number two job? Yeah, he does. But the thing is, I think they're going to have three active quarterbacks on game day because of what happened in the wild card game against Seattle. Carson goes down and your your second string comes in and something happens to him and he's playing at 25% or 30% or 50%. You need another quarterback just in case. Now, I don't. I don't think it's it's uh, 
out of the realm of possibility to get a veteran backup. But I think for right now, into training camp, they're going to go with the guys they have right now, with uh, Loletta, Sudfield, and Hertz. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm torn on Sudfeld. I was, you know, 100% for finding that veteran guy to be the backup. Look, Hertz is what he is. He's going to be the third string to start the year. He's going to be, I don't want to say that he's going to be that gadget guy like like Hill from the Saints, but he's going to be more like Lamar Jackson was, running, a, you know, 10, 8, 10, 12 RPOs a game in the backfield, um, sometimes with Wentz on the field, sometimes without. So he's your third string. He will dress. But Sudfeld has the two. I I really thought they needed a veteran backup. But then we had Ron Jaworski on a few weeks ago. And Ron Jaworski heaped praises on Sudfeld and said Sudfeld has done more than enough to get that job and shown him the skills. And then last week we have Jason Martinez on. And Jason Martinez just laughed at the idea and said, you know, no. So I'm still stuck in the middle. I, I don't know which way to go. When I don't know, I look to the professionals and they're split down the middle too. So, you know, he, is he going to, with a shortened offseason, he might do better than a veteran because he knows the playbook but uh i don't have if if wentz goes down and hurts isn't ready i don't have huge amounts of confidence that sudfeld's going to lead a game-winning drive because wentz goes down or has to miss eight or ten plays i there, there's not a huge amount of confidence there and my yeah i'll say i i, I agree with oh, God. no that's the the big thing with me and back in 2017 when uh Foles I think it was the Oakland game and then the uh, the game against Dallas, and he didn't look very good. Now, he only played one series against Dallas, and then Sudfeld came in, and then you had people on the radio saying, should they should they have Foles in the playoff game or should they have Sudfeld? And, you know, in my back of my mind, I was like, huh, it is a good question because he struggled. But then I thought, but, but the thing is, he's never played in a meaningful game. And then that's where you, you even come back to now because he still hasn't, played really in a meaningful game what do you really have for him he does have the tools if you look at he is more mobile than when he came into the league um he's worked on that he's worked on different things you know doug is a good coach uh for quarterbacks and you know you have to give you don't know unless you give someone a chance now if if carson gets hurt and jeff's mentioned it on plenty of shows if your starting quarterback gets hurt what they did in 2017 is not going to happen every year. It's it's a once in a lifetime type of, th- type of thing that happens. So if Carson gets hurt and Nate has to come in and play uh, a rest of a, a playoff game or play a rest of a meaningful game, you know, you're going to need to see what he can do. And if he can do it, then hey, then you may be able to, you know, get something for him in the following offseason or do something. If he can't do it, then. Then you've seen that already. You gave him that chance to see if he could do it, and it's not working out. And you go with Hurts, and then do whatever you got to do in the, the following seasons or so. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up the 2017 game when he played there, Sudfeld, when he came in, and some people said he played really well. But I'm, I actually just brought up the stats from that game. Did he really play that well? He wasn't really. I mean, he, he he completed 19 of 23 passes, great percentage, but they were all dink and dunk passes. Yeah, how many yards? He, he, 134 yards, only a 5.8 yard per attempt average. His QBR, which everybody loves that over the rating now, was only 39.4. So what did he really do in that game to earn confidence? I mean, nothing in my opinion. At all. Yeah, he didn't earn confidence from the, from, from the fan base, but I'll say, let's be real, I would say he came in there and who knows, 
the, your offense completely changes. I would say when your starting quarterback goes yeah, down, no matter who your backup your, is, your game plan changes. It's not like he was in there in practice working with the with the first team uh, offense. He couldn't get into that type of groove. And, I'll say just the way opposing the uh, Seattle's defense were uh, giving him in uh, in their defensive schemes, but I'll, I'll say if Wentz does go down, I, I truly believe Sudfeld's going to be the guy. I'll say just from I, I know I'm sort of contradicting myself because I just said a few moments ago that Peterson these press conferences sometimes they're not giving you a lot, but I'll say I know he mentioned yesterday in a press conference that. I'll say, don't expect too much of this offense changing. Uh, ch- uh, changing. So, in my eyes, they're not. I'll say, yeah, they'll have probably a couple plays here and there for like Hurts, but I don't see them designing and coming up with a game plan or changing their whole offense just to accustom to Jalen Hurts' uh, to, to skills. I feel Sudfeld's more of the guy that fits well better in the offense, especially with the players around him. Like I said, they'll probably have a bunch of trick plays or things here and there, a different dynamic with Hurts. But until Hurts can show that he can be a passing quarterback in this league, they're, they're going to develop him and try to move him in slowly. Uh, into he that. might not even be able to dress the first couple of weeks. You know, with yeah, a short exactly. golf season, he might not even have enough of an understanding of RPOs at the uh, NFL level to be able to exactly. even trust the dress. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and I just pulled up um, – Nate's preseason stats from 18 and 19. I tried, yeah. Okay, so 2018. It's preseason, dude. Who cares about preseason um, stats? I know. I'm just saying, you know, there he played that. So you don't I know he played against players of, you know, second teamers. He played against second teamers uh 2019. Well, they're, not, they're not really game playing. It's it's not like the week leading up, obviously most of those plays you see, like it's just plays like whether to see if they're gonna work or not, or just to have fun and I'll say most teams are not going to show their real offensive game plan in preseason games because they do not want that tape out there for opposing uh, opposing. Let, Jeff, Jeff, let him give plan. the preseason stats. Yeah, I brought it up for a reason. I'm not going to not not say it. <laughs> Come on, I'm you know I did this research on trying pre-season. to pull it up. I don't care. I'm I'm pulling it up. Let me let me say it at least. So 2018, he played three games, 58 percent completion percentage. 524 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Last year, he had that one game, the broken wrist game, where he broke his wrist. 10 of 18, 55% completion, 177 yards, and a touchdown. So again, those numbers aren't really, you know, vote a confidence. If he's throwing three interceptions in three games two years ago in the preseason, that's really not – that's not really good. You're not playing against much of a defense, and you're still struggling. So You know, he has he has the size – 6'6", 227, has the size okay. and – you know, mobility, a little bit of mobility that he lost some weight. Because anyway, I think when he came in the league, he was like two forty, so he lost some okay. weight. You know, get a little bit of mobility. My my feeling on is, you know, just throwing those out there. Yeah, he started the twenty nineteen preseason. Okay, yeah, it wasn't the greatest completion percentage, but he started out as to to be a backup. Okay, but he still has to see, you know, where he fits in terms of what kind of player he is, and I feel like. His type of, like him and Wentz can kind of play the same type. Not They're not the same player, of course. I'm not saying that. And don't try and say that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying the size of them, a little bit of mobility for a Sudfeld. He could, it's not like a Foles and Wentz. Um, basically, you have to change your whole game plan for one and the other because they're not the same type of quarterback. That's the only thing yeah, I'm the, saying is something. Pete Peterson, Howie Roseman, they've shown it time and time again, and even Andy Reid when he was here, which is where Peterson learned from. They're very loyal. 
to their players, and they feel they get very comfortable with players. I mean, we've seen it in recent times, mostly with how many times they're bringing back Jordan Matthews and keeping Jordan Matthews on the roster and all. Jeff loves that, so, by the way. Jeff I, loves. Yeah, when I mean, bring- so Sudfeld at least. They feel comfortable. They know what they have with him at this point. You know, they know what plays they could probably call and not call with him. But on the flip side, you know, we don't know how he will react in that bigger game moment. That's all. So, so if Jeff's going to get angry, so I remember. He really looks angry on the screen. Know, he's, he's always angry. So, hey, Jeff, remember in, in school, remember when, uh, Phil, you'll remember when um, the. Because I'm old, so I'll remember. Yeah, I know. The Eagles drafted <laughs> Jeremy Bloom. Remember that? Yes. Oh yeah. Ask Jeff if he has his jersey. Dude, I had everyone's jersey. I was like, no, I, 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 Ryan Moats' jersey. As you have to realize, I, I was that kid in high school that literally wore Eagle stuff every day for like five years straight. I was so. too cheap to buy all those jerseys. No, you could, you could hear Jeff coming oh. down the hallway because his lanyard and seven hundred keys would clank together, and you know, it, there's Eagles okay. Jeff coming down the hallway. <laughs> Had <laughs> uh, to be decked out, baby. Yeah, Represent. Yeah. I, 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 I go for the the cheap knockoffs, so you know that way. If I ruin them, I can just throw them out. Uh, uh, you might have to edit that out, Johnny. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so Doug also said about the offense won't change. But listen, and the th- the thi- my my feeling on you know, offense won't change. I think it's going to change a little bit because you're going to have different concepts because you brought guys in like Scangarello, Marty Morningwig's back. Um, you have some guys, a couple guys, um, the one guy's from uh, college with a little spread offense, and you're going to have a little bit different wrinkles and different things that the other coaches, I'm not sure, you know, of course the personnel at the end of the year wasn't where you could do that, but... It just was a lot of vanilla, and I don't know if it's a version of because Singarello was with the Broncos and then with the uh, 49ers, I think. And then you had um, Morningweg, who coached Michael Vick. Of course, he was with McNabb and with Andy Reid. Um, he, he coached in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, you know, S- Steve Young and with the 49ers. So he's dealt with quarterbacks that have a dual threat and type of mobility and everything to try to work in. So I think the offense, and especially with the speed, you're getting, you're getting the speed. And that my thing is, it's going to change. I know Doug... I, I think what he was trying to say... No, I'll say... I, I'll say I, I get what you're saying, and to a certain point, I think what Doug was trying to get at was, is they're not going to completely throw out their entire playbook and go from scratch just because certain players they added to their roster. Yeah. I, I think that we brought before, there's going to be certain things, especially with her, the Hurts effect, and they're going to find some packages for him. Uh, there's going to be certain things here and there, but I, th- I think what Doug was trying to get at is is they're not going to go from this spread West Coast RPO type of system uh, to traditional. or They're, they're not going to completely do an overhaul of what they already been teaching their players uh, since he's been here. And I've, I've said it a hundred times on this show and online is there's only so much they could do. We do not have yeah. all these OTAs this off season to work it in. We don't have rookie mini camps. We don't even know what kind of a training camp we're going to have yet at this point. Now I think they're going to probably have a pretty much a complete camp, but with the amount of young players they have on this team and the amount of older vets that won't practice every day during training camp, you can't make that many changes. What's training camp last five weeks, five and a half weeks. 
you know, how much change can they really roughly? Yeah. How much change can they really put in in that time frame? Yeah. So. and the, my thing is when when I look back at last year, two games really stick out uh, when when I look at them. The one was Buffalo, and how they just they literally just ran it down Buffalo's throat, and they did a couple different wrinkles in that game and a couple different. Um, Type of there was a lot of wind. There was a lot of wind in that game too. So there yeah. was the, the weather really played a factor into that. But the the other game was the game we talked earlier about with um, with Craig was that Green Bay game. Their offense was just going down the field, and the one thing that that Doug does really well is he'll he will go against a team's weakness. Now Green Bay was I think they were undefeated. They were one of the best defenses. But the thing about them was their running game. They weren't good against the run. And Jordan Howard and just pounding, pounding them, pounding them, like right down the middle. And then using Wentz, and Wentz played really well. And it's just something like that is when they're going to have this speed, and the thing is having the personnel to be able to run what you want to run. Run 12 personnel. Run a, a couple different things, a couple different guys in the backfield. Boston Scott here, change of pace, different things, rolling Wentz out. And being able to go down the field, especially if you have speed guys, to spread the field. Even if you're, even if it's just Goodwin, Goodwin and um, Deshaun, they're not catching the balls, but you're spreading them, spreading them to go downfield, and you have the middle of the field open for for Goddard and went. Uh, for Goddard and yeah, I don't think that's really changing the offense. I think that was part of the offense yeah. last year. Just unfortunately, yeah. the injuries put players that weren't ready out there. So that and no, sure. they were running and people down the field. They just weren't open. And the few times they were open, they dropped the ball. So they just stopped. Wentz just stopped looking for those guys down the field. Yeah, so, and now, so look at the personnel that they had to throw out there. Like like Phil brought up us. You had, the, you had Greg Ward and uh, who, who else? Deontay Burnett, was, Robert Davis. Come on, Josh Perkins. Yeah, Jordan Matt. It's it's guys that opposing defenses and defensive coordinators are not going to fear the stretch the field. So they're jamming them up at the line. Oh, oh, they're playing hold on. up. You forgot Shelton Gibson. Yeah, he, I was Shelton Gibson. He should have been cut to begin with. So I so you have like I said, you have guys like him, Greg Ward, Jordan Matthews, uh, guys that really don't fear uh, defenses. So uh, it's it's going to be a completely different game plan. I'll say you're going to have guys out there now. Uh, like with Deshaun, hopefully he can stay healthy. Alshon uh, get back healthy. Uh, Rager, good one. You're gonna have a lot more speed. That opposing defenses are gonna have more problems. And, I, and this offense, I feel, gonna be a lot more explosive. And you know, going off of adding adding players to the um, the offense, uh, I think it was yesterday. There was a report came out that Devontae Freeman, who the Eagles were apparently had some interest in. Apparently he turned down a four million dollar offer from Seattle, and he believes it's not enough. Which that's ridiculous. The the Eagles the Eagles want a veteran running back. They want someone to be able to you know use it in like a Jordan Howard role. Use it kind of like Legarrette Blunt. Not they want to use it as like a power guy, especially in the end of games to be able to wear down defenses. But they're not going to spend four million dollars on a if, on a if running he back. Want, if he wants four million dollars, I can only imagine what Carlos Hyde's expecting then, because. The numbers I brought up a comparison on a pro, rep, pro football reference, comparing the two of them for the last two years I just put in, and Freeman's only played in 16 games in the last two years. Yeah, he has compared to Hyde, who's played 30. 
significant. He missed a full 16 games one though, 2016. Yeah, exactly. he, he does not. He has a, a lower yards per average. His yardage in general is just awful. So if he's looking for more than $4 million, I could only imagine what Carlos Hyde's looking for, which then pretty much puts us out of the running for Carlos Hyde because we're, 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 we're tight enough on the cap that you know, we're looking for somebody that's under $4 million, not over $4 million. Well, my, my thing is, you know, Freeman is the youngest of the guys, 28, but he has an injury history that's pretty significant. If you said last yeah. two years only played 16 games. 16 games. That's so, not even starting. That's just played in. He's a backup at this point in his yeah. career. And for Seattle, you know, I understand he wants – I don't know if he wants more money. I don't, I don't understand that. It's kind of – it's not this, not that smart because Rashad Penny's coming off of an injury. He probably won't be ready to start the year. Chris Carson um, isn't, you know, if he gets hurt, he then he'll be the next guy in. Fantasy-wise, but he's not well, a superstar. Yeah, he's he's the most talented. But the thing is, the injury history, is, and that's yeah. one thing the Eagles kind of stayed away from this offseason. You don't want to go with guys with super significant injury history. Carlos Hyde hasn't really been injured. Um, the last few years. He had his first 1,000-yard season last year. Um, He's a big back, 230 pounds. For me, what I could see them doing is spending... I know McCoy, Hyde, Freeman. McCoy would be the veteran minimum. If he wants to come and play for them, veteran minimum... Yeah, he just wants to finish. No offense, I'd rather have one of the undrafted free agents making the team than uh, Shady McCoy at this point, honestly. I understand that. I mean, I'm a... my players from the past, but on the flip side, I know know when it's time to say enough's enough. I want more titles, not more memories. Look up. McCoy doesn't add anything to your offense if you sign him. I'll say literally. You go. He's the one to clearly act. You, you, you. If you're gonna go McCoy, you just might as well put uh, the truck Warren on there so you have a short yardage back. You know, because McCoy's not even a short yardage guy. What about that's what you need? What about you looking up McCoy's stats last year? Tell me what his I, average per carry was. Tell me, I tell me, I know what it is. Did he only play like in five games? He dressed very little. He had over a hundred carries, so. I think. Yeah, in the Super Bowl and the, and the whole entire playoff run. What does that say about McCoy's production last year? If his homeboy Andy Reid, who loves Lashawn McCoy, made him inactive for most of that playoff run. I don't know. I'm, All right, Lashawn McCoy's uh, stats uh, last year. He only played. It, well, he dressed for thirteen games. He only started nine. He averaged 4.6 yards a rush. Um, let's see, touchdowns. I don't even see any. Uh, he had four touchdowns, actually, last year. But uh, How many rushing attempts? Receiving, he only caught, uh, I think he still caught 28 passes, but, you know, it, it, it's it's not good. It's not the, yeah. the McCoy from years ago, like in 2013 when he led the league in rushing and yards per game. You know, it's, it's just, he's not that person No, and, and you're not going to count on him to be that. Now, if Hyde, if Hyde would come for a million and a million and a half, that's $2 million at most. Okay, I could do that. But the other thing is with, you know, if you don't get Hyde, Freeman, and then you don't want McCoy, who do you, who would you like? You know, Wendell Smallwood? Oh, yeah, you gotta go you, yeah, you got to go with the rookies. You that, still that, let them, yeah. you still see what you got because Corey Clement, is he going to – yeah, he brings you special teams value. Is he going to be I on the team? Clement, a, on a normal offseason, is not a lock to make the team. There's there's a lot of questions. I would like Hyde. In, in yeah, last episode, I put him on the, the team because, time. you know, I felt that he would be – that role is suited for him. But, it brings that change of pace back. Exactly. H- how he's going to have to work some magic with these deals, whether it's Hyde, whether it's Freeman or whoever. Where he They're gets all going to be one-year deals. On a, yeah, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is he's got to really work the incentive – 
level where yeah. you know it's a mil, million and a half and there's a lot a lot of incentives for them because but, that's the only way we can afford them really but I'll say for I'll say out of those three names I'll say honestly I, I feel they might go towards Freeman I would say they very importantly have strong interest in him. Uh, they have a lot of fans in the Eagles building, including running backs coach Stu Staley, who has a relationship with Freeman uh, dating back to Freeman playing at Florida State. So here he has the history to Deuce Staley. Deuce, uh, Deuce can coach him up a little bit. Plus he fits your offense a little bit better. Obviously. I know we want that big uh, ground-and-pound type of guy that high would bring, but uh, Freeman, even though he was injury-prone, still had 100 yards from sc- over, uh, over 1,000 yards from scrimmage last year. Yeah. Uh, so he you, He's a runner. He's also that receiving back out of the backfield that cannot bring you that dual threat. Uh, I don't have it handy. I did see, though, a couple times ago when we talked about the running backs, Freeman doesn't have the higher yards per carry, but Freeman has a higher success rate on third and fourth and short over the last two or three years or whatever it was. I forget the exact numbers, but it was about a 4 or 5% higher success rate over Carlos Hyde. The thing with yeah, he's had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage uh, for the last five years, so he, he's, he's still being productive, and he's still, like we say, he's still at a young age. The thing with Freeman is I feel if he's turning that down, he's going to wait until it's in his favor to sign. So if there's an injury in a mini camp or a training camp where then somebody needs a running back that he could sign and be like, well, I want this much, and then they kind of have to do that. But – don't get me wrong, Freeman's the best of the fit, but I'm not spending that kind of money on a backup unless you put the incentives in there if you were to, you know, you know, roster bon- like um, play bonuses, stuff like that. You put different type of um, accelerators in his contract to up – it could be upwards of this much yeah. money, but if he reaches it, you know, he's he is – I just don't know what he's looking for. If he's turning down the deal that's reported, and again, this is just reports. Yeah. There's no confirmation on it. If he's turning down a, what's reported from the Seahawks, again, a team that's a playoff Super Bowl contending team, which every older player wants to play for that Super Bowl, you know, if he's turning that down, I, I, I can't imagine what he's looking for at this point because there's not one team that's going to give him a multi-year deal at this point with the offseason the way it is. No, and and the thing is, the people who um, reported it are established pers- like people in um, yeah. in media oh, and everything. It's not. It's, it's not just... I know it's not. It's it's not Joe Schmo around the block who's saying that Clowney's in not, for. Not ben, Clown, his name is. Clown, Clowney's waiting for a, a physical like that kind of crap to throw to throw yeah. shit at a wall and hope it sticks and hope people click on their on their page. It's not nothing like that. So, I. We'll see because I I think they will add a veteran back. Who knows? They can they could add a veteran back. Not even one of those three guys. And if it's one of those three guys, who knows if the undrafted free agent shows you something and winds up sticking on the roster? You know, it ha- happened in 2017 with Clement. Clement stuck on the roster when people gave him no chance. So it is a possibility that um, it's a possibility Clement gets cut. The veteran they sign and one of the undrafted free agents. You know, or the yeah. way they go. The one thing I've said it a hundred times over, it's tough for these undrafted free agents and rookies to really get that work because of the off season. Yeah. But if we're looking at short yardage guys, I've talked about Warren a lot and a couple other people have mentioned Hollyfield that's on the team also. There's not a lot to learn as a short yardage back. It's get the ball and it's hit the hole and go straight forward. Yeah. So they're not gonna be on the field for more than a few plays a game. So that is a spot on the team where a rookie or a guy with very little experience can really, you know, just 
just show a little bit in practice and you know make the team, especially for that a cap struck team. That or maybe Freeman's just waiting. Maybe he's thinking of the opportunity as far as the offense. I would say, where's he gonna get the most touches or the be- most opportunity? Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's not playing for a Super Bowl. Maybe he's playing for the most opportunities. Well, that I'll say that for Philly as well. I'll say compared to Seattle, I understand they have a couple injury problems at, right now. But once those guys come back, who knows how many touches he's going to get? So maybe he won't get many touches here in so. Philly either. I mean, this is Miles Sanders' team, and oh, he's going to be the lead back one hundred percent. Oh, exactly. But I was saying, but I still feel he might be. He might feel he get. He might get the better opportunity or the better bang for his buck if he comes to Philadelphia. Because I'll say, even though, like we said, it's Miles Sanders' team. I'll say they're still gonna have, they're still gonna have different packages and different different things for their backup running back, no matter who that's going to be. So yeah. uh, I'd say you can have split split back sets and all that. It brings another dynamic uh, dynamic to your offense. Yeah. We can all agree the team needs more more vets on the offense, whether it's running back, wide receiver, lineman. You know they they need it. You okay there, Jeff? Yeah. All right. Just make, make sure you're okay there. Um, but no, with that, that's, you know, there, there's a lot of things, especially it's only what May, May 21st. So there's still, there's still some time in terms of what teams are going to do. And, you know, apparently they're going to be hopefully open up facilities soon. The other leagues are starting to talk, which, you know, it's hopefully going in the right direction and about sports in general is going in the right direction. We will get them back soon. And yeah, it's just what kind of an off season will they get it? The uh, the offices open up and maybe have a one three or four day rookie mini camp somewhere in late June before regular training camp starts. I mean, it would help. It would help a lot if they could find a way to make that happen. Yeah, and you know, with that, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, we thank Craig again for coming on. Um, you can follow all about the birds at AAT Birds. We are also on Facebook. Uh, go like the Facebook page. Um, you know, post stuff on the Facebook page. We'll be in discussion. We, you know, like some discussion, questions, anything. Uh, we also have an Instagram page as well. Um, so we have that. And you can follow Phil at Beard of Knowledge. You can follow Jeff at Eagles Pulse Jeff. And you can follow me at Johnny U9322. And you can follow, um, again, you can follow Craig, who was on earlier. Um, at one of God's soldiers on Twitter and then at kid underscore James one on Instagram. Um, you know, thanks for coming on and we're going to do it again soon. All I can say is yeah. go birds. Go birds. Go birds. You know what you got to do. Do it. You feel what's about to happen on this Yeah.